Welcome to another edition of The List, the Right Fiction Podcast. We've got a great show for you all today about our favorite music biopics. Before we get started, if you love the pod, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your listening app. It helps us reach new listeners like you. Also, be sure to check out our companion Spotify playlist with all our picks that we mentioned in the pod. The link is in the show details. Now, on to the show. When I think about lots of the famous musicians we know, I have an idea of what they might be like in real life. This comes from their persona in the public in terms of their interviews, what they say on TV, and how the media talks about them. As an artist myself, I've done a couple of interviews, and in those moments, I can feel and understand how you'd want to craft a, you know, a better version of yourself for people that just don't know you. Like when you first meet someone, you don't want them to know that you really can't dance or that you're a hack on a guitar or that you're not that good at basketball. So you craft an image. On today's show, we'll examine the image that many artists and the representatives craft for themselves as we discuss our favorite music biopics. Also, we'll discuss how these biopics themselves can be very fictionalized as well in similar ways to how artists craft their images. So, as it starts getting cold outside, and you look to find some movies to get you through the winter months, we'll give you a couple great movie ideas to get you through. So, hang out with us for a bit, and see if our list matches yours. Now, on to the show. Today, of course, we got Brendan. Hey. Freddie. Hey, hey, hey. Adam. Yellow. <laughs> and me. Aaron, the John Stockton of podcasts. And today, we're going to kick off our list with Brendan. Brendan, what is your number three favorite music biopic? Hey, guys. Well, I'm so glad to be back. I missed you guys last week, so glad to be back in it. I'm going to kick off with the biopic that I think arguably set off the trend of our modern day music biopics. And that film is the 2004 pick, which is Ray, the biopic about Ray Charles. And this is an amazing movie. I think Jamie Foxx was incredible in the way that he portrayed Ray in all eras of his life. The movie felt honest. It felt like it gave you a really complete picture of Ray's struggles and successes. And it just felt, um, like you really got to know the artist in, in a new way and you're rooting for him like the whole time, even when he's struggling a lot. So I thought it was a great movie and Jamie Foxx should still be lauded for his performance. So that's num number three. Freddie, what is your Yo. number three pick? Is this, is the actual number three pick today or you missed it? You uh, missed it, yes, Brendan. Yes. Oh, bro. No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm gonna, but I'm going to reverse the order of what I wrote. Uh, and sent to okay. you earlier in the week. Well, well just just for uh, Brendan, number... just for Brendan. Uh, Freddie has what? started giving oh. his actual list just to keep keep get you caught up. In it was order. actually three, wow. three two, one. Yeah. In order. Exactly. It's, it's, this it's is new this is an amazing yep. thing. It's, just, it's, it's a committed. New, it's a trend. <laughs> um, a, the commitment is there. I'm not committed <laughs> to sticking with it necessarily, but 
for now. <laughs> the trend. Now. Hashtag Freddie Ranks. Um, so my number three pick this week is Bohemian Bohemian Rhapsody, a 2018 biopic about Freddie Murphy. Murphy. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie Mercury. No. Um, <laughs> about Freddie Mercury. And, uh, you know, man, I really wish they'd had been able to work it out with Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, yeah. Playing uh, Eddie Mercury. I would have loved to have seen that. Uh, I thought the movie was okay. The soundtrack was great obviously and that's uh that's kind of why i picked it but that's my number three pick bohemian rhapsody biographical drama from 2018 about the late great freddie mercury excellent pick of queen adam what is your number three biopic all right i'm dialing back to the my second year on the planet uh 1984 and going with the uh, wildly acclaimed Amadeus, the uh, dramatized uh, Mozart Salieri kind of competition thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, in doing, you know, I haven't, I, it was a while since I had watched it. And I mean, it's really long. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched good bits and pieces of it. And it's just, uh, I thought it was just kind of an interesting take because everyone thinks of that, that, you know, that era of music, it's all this prim and proper. And like, you got this Mozart is this just carousing, just like kind of just, loose cannony kind of lunatic and then they create this this fake you know rivalry and there was no rivalry you know i mean not i mean not to what it was on there but uh i mean f murray abraham won uh an oscar as for salieri i mean it's a you know i mean i think this is well before the you know this latest you know like as brendan was saying the latest trend but this one was kind of a is really a standard bearer in the uh in the biopic field as far as uh you know widespread acclaim and yeah, it's, it's just, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy that movie. It's, uh, I'm going to have to, you know, during a, I, I have two young kids, so it's hard to really get a, a long chunk to watch movies, but when I do find a moment, I want to get this one end to end again. Amadeus, number three. They're, they're not into sitting down to Amadeus with uh, you? That's, that's appalling. I know, I know. I have not taught them anything. <laughs> yeah, especially since you uh, just dragged uh, uh, Mozart last week. Do, do you guys remember? Yes. You, I you dragged him. Now you're going to watch him on on a, a five-hour Well, maybe maybe, five maybe it's film. time I no, catch up. I think it was you that slagged him. You said, Aaron, you said Mozart sucks. <laughs> oh, too simple. <laughs> too <laughs> simple. But Adam agreed. Zero to so hero. He's an, a- he's an apple or something, right? <laughs> some kind of apple. <laughs> he's an apple. <laughs> Adam says uh, he's an orange. Okay, so uh, this is me, Aaron, uh, John Stockton Podcast here. And uh, my number three music biopic is called Nowhere Boy. Um, it's a 2009 film, and it's about uh, John Lennon's uh, adolescence, um, growing up with his aunt Mimi Smith. And uh, I really enjoyed it. As a Beatles fiend, it was cool to see um, how they depicted uh, the Beatles getting together. Um, you know, pre, uh, uh, what's, this, what's the guy? Pre-Ringo. And uh, I just love this film. Uh, the, the music they, they play is really terrible, but you can just feel the, the coolness of, of the guys. And um, I, I wasn't too uh, enti- in, um, enticed by the whole like, oh, I'm sad, I'm sad, I'm sad. But, you know, it's still a great, still a great film. So that's my number three pick. 
And uh, I'm going to kick it back to you, Brendan, for your number two pick. Yeah, second round. I went with Love and Mercy from 2014. This is the Brian Wilson biopic. I only saw it recently, although it's a fairly recent movie. I think I watched it last year. And it's an amazing depiction of the torture genius that we have come to know as Brian Wilson. And it's an interesting portrayal because there are two actors who who play him, if you haven't seen it. The young Brian Wilson is played by Paul Dano, and then the older Brian Wilson, uh, sort of 80s onward, is played by John Cusack, who I think is one of the best actors in the game. And I'm fresh off watching Utopia, which was horrifying and and interesting separate from this movie has nothing to do with it but he he's excellent in that but anyway uh paul dano i think is incredible as young brian and you just get a peek behind his whole process everything that went into pet sounds i love the accuracy especially being the audio nerd that i am like the microphones in the studio and the even the session players the wrecking crew that was done really well and really authentically in my opinion so and they didn't they don't have to do that because so many people who saw the movie would not would probably never know the difference. But people like like us who care about those details, it was really think, cool that, that they did that. Um, they, but otherwise, they had uh, mm-hmm. what Carol Kay is that her name? They had her Hal Blaine. Yeah, yeah that was Hal that was very cool, it, yep. very very accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I appreciated that and just throughout, like it was interesting to get the full idea of what Brian went through. And then there was like the therapist guy, Paul Giamatti plays that yeah. guy in a really demonic, interesting way. So um, it was cool to, to get like kind of the, the two views of Brian in that way. So I thought it was an interesting um, storytelling uh, sort of way to do it. So that's number two. Adam, what do you got, man? I'll just, I just wanted one quick blip just in case we don't get to it later. Uh, that movie, I love that movie. But it's, I'd say it's if there was an award for a movie I thought would suck when I first saw the premise of it, and then it really didn't, it was that one. Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you on that one. And Freddie. Yo. What is your number two? Uh, my number two pick is the James Brown biopic, Get On Up. Um, You know, it... It came out around the same time as a documentary yep. about him, I believe. Yep. And they were both produced by Mick Jagger. Yep. But, and, you know, obviously, I love James Brown's music. So, for me, the music was central to the biopic. Right. What I've come to find is that the story, not so accurate. Uh, I recently read a book by a guy named James McBride, who's got some local ties. He's a musician, great writer. Book's called Kill Him and Leave. And he actually went down to Augusta, and he got the real deal story Mm. on James Brown. Highly recommended that everyone search that book out and read it. Because the the Hollywood kind of somewhat fictionalized version is not really that accurate. But the soundtrack, killer. Amazing. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's my number two pick. Good number two pick. Adam. Thank you. What is your number two pick? All right. Moving uh, back up to the year of 1991, I went with uh, Oliver Stone's The Doors movie. 
Right on. But I kind of took, I kind of did this one for different reasons. Um, num- number one, I don't really casually listen to the Doors, and I kind of find Jim Morrison. To, I just, I, I, I just. Yeah, I just don't get it. I mean, I, I, I get what it is. It's just not really of my taste. But this movie is so sensationalized and over the top. And that, I mean, uh, it's, I mean, it's, you know, like Oliver Stone, like right around this time, you know, did Natural Born Killers too. You know, so he has a certain like style that he has a movie making at the time. And it kind of just fell into that. I made Jim Morrison like this otherworldly shaman talking to like Native Americans in his peyote visions and just like <laughs> dancing around fires and, it's just I, I was I actually rewatched it last night and then I, uh, I'm just like holy crap this is a lot more graphic than I remember but it's Oliver Stone in the early '90s so that makes sense and then you got like peak Val Kilmer you got Meg Ryan you got Kyle Agent Cooper McLaughlin as a uh, as Manzarek you got um, Kevin Dillon as John Densmore who eventually got out of uh, his brother's shadow with Entourage so it's got, like a pretty pretty solid cast and just this over the top storytelling actually like uh, Krieger and Densmore were uh, were like um, advisors for the movie for a while and then oliver stone just ignored all all their advice and manzarek didn't want to touch it and they just all trashed it and it's just like uh i I don't even think it did a good thing for the doors legacy i think it even did the opposite but i think the complete mess of the whole thing just entertains the ever-living hell out of me number two the doors (laughs) and a great wayne's world spoof came out of it too i don't remember that oh i don't remember either Oh really? Oh Wayne's yeah, World yeah. There's... The naked Indian, and then, yeah. When... <laughs> All right, guys. So I'm uh, now Aaron. Yeah, you're number two, buddy. It's my number two, um, and this is a recent-ish film. It's uh, Jimmy All Is by My Side about Jimi Hendrix, and it was uh, featuring the uh, the actor, the actor Andre Three Thousand, and um, I thought this movie was fantastic. It's a little slow at points, um, and um, it's not it, because he, you can't use his original music. Uh, it's kind of one of the stipulations, I guess, in, in them creating the film. Um, it kind of that detracts a little bit, but for me, just the one scene in that film where he totally craps on Eric Clapton, I could just watch this film over and over <laughs> and over and over and over again, just for that one specific. So for the scene. one hater moment. For the one hater, exactly moment. one hater. It's just gold. So that is my number two music biopic film. And I'll kick it back to you, Brendan. What's your number one, man? The the your your favorite. My number one. Yes, I went with Green Book from 2018. I guess this could be debatable whether or not it's a biopic, but to me, it qualifies because it is based on something that happened. And as we know that not all biopics are factual, so I think this is as factual as any of the other ones that that we're talking about. But anyway, I thought it was a beautiful movie. It's it it's it it lended it lends itself so well to a Hollywood picture because you have a classic odd couple pairing that is just a really great storytelling device. And what odder couples than these two guys? You've got Don Shirley, the pianist, and his uh, bodyguard Frank Tony Lip. Valalonga, who is excellently portrayed by Viggo Mortensen. He's almost hard to uh, see. It's, it's hard to recognize that that's Viggo Mortensen. And then Don Shirley is played by Marshala Ali, who is incredible uh, from House of Cards fame and other things that he's done. Moonlight, he was incredible in that as well. So I just love the movie. It's comedic. It's serious. It deals with real issues. Uh, it's amazing that it, that this did actually happen, Whether how dramatized it is in terms of 
what happened. The events did occur and it's just, um, it's incredible. So, and it's a story that not a lot of people knew. So I was really glad that the movie came out to tell that story. And as a bonus, like a month after, not even a month, maybe a week or two after I saw the movie, I was going through my records and you guys have a lot of records too. So maybe you experienced this. I was looking through and randomly found that I had a Don Shirley record that I didn't know I had. (laughs) So of course I would put that on, was listening to that for a good week afterwards. So that was a nice, a nice surprise there. That's my number one. Nice. Freddie, what is your number one pick, sir? Yes. My number one pick is Born to be Blue, a uh, biopic about Chet Baker that is has been reported to be somewhat factual, somewhat fictional. Uh, and interestingly enough, I watched this around the same time as I watched a uh, documentary about Chet Baker's last days hmm. called My Foolish Heart, made by a Dutch filmmaker. Man, he was not a very likable guy. No. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and I guess maybe heroin will do that to you sometimes. But uh, the music is great. And a lot of the music is actually uh, sung by Ethan Hawke. Hmm. On the soundtrack, he does a great job. I mean, you know, I'm almost more of a fan of Chet Baker's singing than I am of his playing. Uh, Truth be told, I think most people think he had. Yeah, seriously, I I think he had a very unique voice. I don't know if getting his teeth knocked out had something to do with that, but uh, he definitely had a beautiful voice and. West Coast kind of vibe, and anyway, that's my uh, that was my number one pick. I get down with that. Real get one. down with that. Born to be blue. Yeah. Adam, what is your number one biopic? My number one goes from the magical year of two thousand eight. It's called uh, Cadillac Records. It's kind of like a sort of a history of chess records, but I feel more it's like a almost like a Muddy Waters, Little Walter, Holland Wolf biopic. Maybe a little Edda James in there. It's kind of the History of kind of like, uh, you know, Adrian Brody playing uh, Len Chess, just kind of, you know, uh, getting into the, you know, quote unquote race records thing. And it really, uh, it actually, it, it's, it's, I can't say it's like an amazing movie or anything. I'm just kind of intrigued by that, that part of history. And it really always kind of sucks me in. And, you know, you, you're doing, on doing research. I mean, I thought Jeffrey Wright did a fantastic job as Muddy Waters. Oh, definitely. You know, Columbus Shorters, Little Walter. Uh, I mean, you know, I said Adrian Brody got, uh, you know, the, Queen Bay, Beyonce as Etta James. I mean, they, you know, they, they had some names and I think I saw that like they didn't like the negative, um, like a lot of, some people didn't like the negative, uh, you know, way like that, that chess was like portrayed, but I'm like, you know, inconvenient narratives are inconvenient. You know what I mean? I, and I just thought that just really hit me. They really kind of did point to the exploited nature of things. And I just kind of, and then I like, I, I just kind of loved the uh, tension between Muddy and the Wolf, but like at least as as portrayed in the movie, I don't know how exactly accurate that was, but it was, you know, it just kind of brought up the sociological issues of transferring from like race records to crossover to, you know, and the people's like feelings amongst that. So it, it always, you know, that one always catches my eye when when that comes on. And I watched that end to end right when we made this pick and I'm like, I still enjoy the heck out of this movie, you know, 12 years later. So, number nice. one. Nice. Aaron. I'm closing this thing out here with my 
number one biopic film. Um, I just actually saw it recently, like two weeks ago for the first time. And uh, maybe that um, kind of factors into to this. But even if I saw it 10 years ago, it's probably still be my number one pick. And it's um, a 2017 film called Django. Um, it's a French film. And so it's in, uh, so it's, you know, for all the English people out there, English speaking people out there, it's in subtitles, which when I first sat down to, list, uh, to watch it, I was like, ah, F this. Um, but I, I read the whole time and it was such a great depiction of, I don't even know um, so, so much about Django's life, but it kind of took place um, during World War II and um you know how how he navigated it uh that that war with you know also his being a gypsy and um his family and friends in that time and it was just tremendous like tremendous and i recommend um everyone you know check that film out um just and and it's it's not like it's not like other biopic films where it's like you're trying to like just get in stuff i didn't feel like they were just trying to like throw in like random performances or whatever um i thought it was uh, you know really well done and um and maybe it's because it was a foreign film too but um that's so that's my my number one pick and with that we are going to take a short break and come back with all the discussion we got some discussion here on this one i know i got some things to say so uh hold on me too <laughs> hold on we'll be back in a second <laughs> to kick it off to uh brendan who, who actually picked today's uh topic today and i want to talk to you about um your pick your, your number two pick love and mercy um tell tell me a little bit of more uh, more about why you like that pick um i just saw it actually recently while i was doing my uh, exercise on the elliptical machine and i have some thoughts on it that i'd like to share with you but i want to just dig into a little bit more about your thoughts on that on that film specifically I really enjoyed Love and Mercy, I think, in part because it was it I thought it was a really great balance of scratching the itch of things that I knew about Brian Wilson that wanted and I wanted to know more about and I wanted to see it depicted. And also I'm a big fan of both of the actors who portrayed him at different points in his life. But then it was carefully balanced with this other side of his life that I really didn't know much about the later part and a lot of the struggles with mental health and then the manipulation with the therapist and things like that. And I think it does a great job of telling those stories. And then an interesting way of telling it with the, the blurred timeline type of thing where you sort of have to keep track of both of these storylines at once. And yeah, I just thought it was a really uh, beautiful way to tell his story. So in many, in many of these biopics, there's, there's a lot of different other characters in the films and one person in I love a mercy that, um, you know, I thought might be upset with this is, uh, Mike, Mike love, I believe his name is, yeah. um, he's depicted as <laughs> like, like a, like a devil or something. Um, how accurate do you think that is? And, 
if you were Mike Love, like what what do you think about this? Like <laughs> Well, I so I have a friend who wrote a song about Mike Love and how much how how little love he has for Mike <laughs> Love and that's kind of the hook in the song. So everything I've ever heard about the guy has not been positive. Overwhelm, overwhelmingly negative about the guy. Apparently he was a very um shrewd businessman when it comes to that and the movie does get into that a little bit. And he's definitely portrayed as pretty cold and heartless and not compassionate for Brian and what he's going through or, or even the artistic vision he's trying to do. No clue as to how accurate that is. And we may never know because all that stuff happened a long time ago. And I really don't know. But yeah, you definitely needed to have um, villains in all parts of his life. And the Mike Love, rep- Mike Love represented the earlier life villain and then the therapist represented the later life villain so it made for a good hollywood picture heroes and that. villains well yeah we that's go. right well he was one of there he's one go. of the few that's still around is the thing he's still he's still like a lot you know what are they going to trash dennis will they're going to trash dennis or carl died like a few years before that and clearly you're not going to trash brian because he's a central point of the of the film but you need you need some of that push and pull and, and i mean i i've i i remember aaron when you you had those um recordings those uh off the record interviews and stuff there was one in there with mike love and yeah it, it just it, he's terrible and it was from like 1980 it was like from 1986 or something so like terrible. that and he and, and he basically just like his current stance on everything at this day contradicts everything he said from that interview i haven't heard that one i know i'm familiar with that yeah, the, series the joe, that joe smith, smith yep. uh interviews yeah, yeah. of congress the, the quality the sound quality is horrible i it's can't terrible. i don't I can't get through a lot of them. But he basically said, I don't want to see the Beach Boys become a nostalgia act or something like that. Oh. And just like, <laughs> yeah, After like, they already had? Yeah. And then wow. just continued to. I'm just like, oh, okay. So, yeah. Just, oh, similar to when Mick Jagger said, I don't want to be up on stage playing Satisfaction when I'm 70. Oh. And then, yeah. Whoops. Well, <laughs> so, so let me, let me well, kind of playing for an early death there. So let me bring this back one more uh, to, to that movie, Specific Love and Mercy again. Um, and and talk about um, so it, you, it, the it's taken from Brian's standpoint where he got you know shafted in so many different ways etc. But I mean and that's like part of crafting the image right the image of Brian Wilson and how he got shafted like again. But I would say maybe if Mike Love isn't there, they don't actually craft like pop hits that people actually like. Um, is that like, cause it, it's just crafted in, you know, in one person's favor where, you know, while Mike Love is probably not cool, um, his, his influence and standing on the band probably got them paid. <laughs> so, so you can, so he can make, you know, you know, pet sounds or whatever. Right. Good point. Especially the early stuff, yeah. the early stuff, especially. It, yeah, you make you make a great point. I don't know how accurate it is in terms of Mike Love's role within the Beach Boys, but I think on a, in a broader sense, some of the best music ever created was coming out of conflict within people, artistic differences that they reconcile, and you've got tension there, and it can come out in really beautiful ways. I mean, people challenge each other. Like you guys challenge me all the time, and it it pushes me to be better. And so I, I appreciate that for one. And I think great music can happen that way. So thank you for sticking it for Mike Love. <laughs> yeah. I'm the Mike Maybe. Love, the band. Anyway, uh, I want to move on to something. Uh, go ahead, Freddie. 
I wanted to ask you okay. right. about uh, the Hendrix film. Hit me. I I have boycotted that film because it doesn't use any of his music. How was it? How could you watch that, knowing that except for Wild Thing, maybe that none of his music was used in that film? I don't know if I could do well, it. Well, I think for me it was um, one. It was a film that I didn't really know much about his, I guess, life. You know what I mean? Like how he, okay. you know, here's this, you know, black dude that's playing behind Rich, uh, Little Richard. And all of a sudden he's like one of the biggest musicians ever. Right. How do you make that jump where there's like probably a ton of dudes just like him playing in the back, you know, playing these, you know, what's it called? The um, Chitlin circuit on, on guitar. And none of them like jumped out and became like one of the biggest or best ever right so how did that jump happen so that was really what what drew me in um gotcha. besides that i wanted to see how andre 3000 did as a um actor and uh right all right he, oh he's great he was he was so good he nailed it. it and uh i haven't seen the movie but i know he's great because i've seen him act in other uh oh, he was fantastic i i didn't even i after a while yeah. i was like oh i'm just like this is Jimi hendrick right and i was like no that's andre 3000 and um yeah and, and so that for, for me that's those are the things that really um drew me into that film and then like i said earlier uh man just the that the scene when he's trashed on and he didn't like trash on purpose he was just like yeah man thanks for uh thanks for having me on the stage here uh erica and then he just did the thing and then erica's like oh man i suck and, and now we're here today that was like Jimi Hendrix as Michael Jackson. Yeah, man, uh, thanks. <laughs> that was well. You kind of, I think another par- another parody came from this. I think I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like because of the whole no, you know, not licensed to anything. Like Thirty Rock, if, um, if you guys are familiar, like they did like this. <laughs> this is a quick aside. They, they did this thing with like Jane Krakowski was doing this Janis Joplin movie with like no. <laughs> no license yeah. so her name even the name so her name was like Janie Jiplin and they did all these like <laughs> fake like Janis Joplin songs it was and it was just I don't know I, I, I know it's for a different pod but I usually I, I, I lean more towards the comedic parodies of the musicians than the actual movies themselves Brandon what do you got man yeah uh, so I I'm a little conflicted about the Hendrix movie as well I did see it and I loved his portrayal of Jimmy I thought it was spot on based on everything I've ever seen, interviews and performance footage. But, and the, not using the original music didn't bother me as much as I thought it was going to because the the movie really examines a pretty narrow slice of his life. So it, it feels more of like an everyday type of thing rather than like this backdrop of his entire career. But the thing that I wanted to bring up and, and get your guys' opinion on, where it fell short for me was the performance stuff. And so I have... I have an issue sometimes in these, in any movie where there are musical performances and actors who don't play those instruments, like need to kind of learn how to fake it. And I thought that was the case a little bit here. I didn't totally buy it. And it didn't feel like all of the, the scenes where there were performance performances happening felt a little cheesy to me. And then I wanted to contrast that with Freddie's pick with Bohemian Rhapsody, especially the end with the live aid performance which was just like note for note an exact replica of it and i think there's even a youtube video where they do a side-by-side comparison like they obviously went for it and so faithfully did it 
So I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on on that of like when you see actors playing instruments and when it works and when it doesn't. Oh, good, Adam. All right, yeah, I'll be I'll be quick. Nothing gets my goat more than seeing some musician half acid on an instrument. Just it 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 makes me die inside. It's like watching people play Guitar Hero. It kills me. It just it kills me. And then that and that's where yeah it. And 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 in that in that vein, Brendan, I do appreciate it when they do go the extra mile, and you know, and actually, like you know, like Jamie Fox was actually playing that stuff, wasn't he? And singing and gluing his eyes shut, like you know, he went all in. I guess that's why he yep. got an Oscar. But yeah, no, when I when the fakeness just gets my goat every time, especially as someone that plays an instrument. Freddie, what do you what do you got to say? What do you got to add? Um, I mean, pretty much what at look. Uh, this goes back to what Brendan was saying about the Brian Wilson flick that, you know, a lot of times people won't notice that kind of thing, but we notice because it's what we do. So, and then it just goes back ultimately to attention to detail. Yeah. Like you said, with the, the Wembley performance, Live Aid, they were like, all right. Also, that was the highlight of the film. That was yeah. that was the point. The whole point of the film was that intentionally. Yeah. So yeah. that's all kind of echoing what your what Adam said and what Brendan said. Yeah, and I, I would like to go back to uh, Jimmy. I, I say um, I have two things. First, if he was pro- if he was playing a flute, it probably would be more realistic, I guess. Um, if, if anybody knows what I'm talking about there. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then yeah, Andre's no, no stranger. stranger. Um, and the other thing is, uh, one of the big things that I, uh, and I want to, you know, make sure I make this point is, is that I liked about this, that movie specifically was, um, is, is when I talk to a lot of, you know, especially guitar people, band people, um, I don't get the sense that people see him as a black artist. And then there's like a couple scenes in that film where it's like, oh no, he's black. You know, he might have his take on it or whatever, but. Like he, we we had that you know chat with that black guy in in London. I was like, oh snap, okay. Like that's his take on it, but yeah, that that was a thing. Like he's a that, that's a thing. Um, and I really appreciated um that that coming up on that one. Um, but I want to go back actually to Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I love that film, and but one of the things that um I guess maybe as like knowing of the band is there's a lot of like inaccuracies in like the timing of that stuff oh yeah um the timeline. yeah the timeline was all crooked on that it was all yep, <laughs> so, like, yep. that was one of the big big knocks on the film was i mean that. i was sitting there and like i as a as a person that knows queen i was like i was sitting there uh and i was like i was talking I was like, that's not this not this song didn't come out at this point in time what, what what's happening here right did you guys think that at all or would that pop in your mind as you're watching it or no yeah, I knew about I knew about that going in because of you know TV and stuff you read, you know, on online reviews that uh and I was aware of that. I I guess I just uh went with it. Yeah, I guess that's just a no. a, a take on, on my own uh on that one. Um and uh one, one of the other things you brought up with Bohemian Rhapsody is actors, right? So you you were saying Freddie that if um, what's the game? Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen was the, w- was in that pick. It might he might have set it off even more. And while I I agree with you, um, 
what what does like acting mean or the actors or actresses mean to these films uh, um has any of these films that you know we kind of listed here or any of that does the acting turn you off on some of them or um turn you on to some of them because actually going back to the love and mercy one john cusack ah, i couldn't stand any of his scenes i thought it was terrible i thought he was terrible in that act in that job um did any of you guys feel uh similarly to john cusack in that film adam uh no i, I thought he did all right i thought paul dano did a better job i i, I was more like I've seen Cusack do better work than that. I mean, it's also kind of a tougher role, but I, I, my, my more takeaway was that Paul Dano just really knocked it out of the park. And, and, uh, and, and no, I was just, as you were saying that question, I'm just, you know, looking around and, and I mean, it, it is really tough. Like you have to go like full method to really get like, you know, it's like Jamie Foxx in there. And I'd even go with like uh, Val Kilmer with the doors. I mean, granted it was a really hyperbolic, take but he really he really went above and beyond i thought with it and also just a quick side in my research i was like when when it was announced that uh, oliver stone was going to do this like val kilmer spent like some of his own money and made like a seven to eight minute like video of him like singing and and like doing and, and dressing as jim morrison from different eras he wanted the part so bad and also the densmore and krieger were saying that like and 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 Kilmer sang everything in the movie, and they said at times that Densmore and Krieger they couldn't tell if it was Jim or Val singing it. So you know they're the methodical. You need a methodical dedication, especially if you're going to take on a role like that. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And um, I think you, we kind of talked about this a little bit. Is uh, definitely Jamie Foxx had that and Ray. I mean, I don't know if you know this guy uh, outside of it. Like he can play his behind off on them keys. Um, he. And sing. What, what'd you say? Oh, and man, sing. he could sing his butt off. His 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 original music kind of sucks, but um, as far as, like, into that Ray role, um, I thought he was tremendous. Um, but that kind of leads me to thinking about another uh, point with all these biopics is um, he was also kind of terrible in a, in a lot of ways. And looking at a lot of these different picks, it just seems like a lot of these people are terrible. Um, is that, <laughs> did you guys pick up on, on that? And is that kind of a, you have to be terrible to, 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 to want to, to, to eventually have a biopic? Is that part of it? To take it to the, to make it to the top, you gotta, you gotta step on some faces. Right, Brandon, what do you think, man? <laughs> well, I think that something that is a very common experience to not just musicians but but humans in general is trauma and i think a lot of these films that that are well done show that and thinking of ray thinking of love and mercy off the top of my head in terms of things that those real people went through that helped shape them i mean yeah a lot of them did terrible things but a lot of them did beautiful things it's it's complicated and that's part of life and i think that people also love a good comeback story and i think that a lot of these biopics also weave that into their plot line especially with movies it's like can they overcome their demons and do something that's really beautiful and so that may be where the fact and fiction starts to get a little blurry but i think that that part that that's part of what makes a great movie go ahead adam uh, well and also uh, we must also take into consideration that this is entertainment this is a movie 
It's like if you're catching scenes with like Ray sitting down and just like quietly eating his lunch, is is, is this like, is this gonna be like, oh, all right, yeah, th- this is. I mean, you, you need some, you know, you need some plot, you need some action, you know, may not have to go Oliver Stone on it, but like, you, you can't just have scenes of that's like boring humdrum. Like, you want that, you know, sensationalist stuff because it's a movie. You want to sit there and be captivated. So the the filmmakers have to like take that into consideration and make a look, maybe you know. And make a little bit of hyperbole on these personalities, right? Freddie, what do you? Th- Which I, Freddie, what do you oh, think? Sorry, You're, I know you had something to say. Um, one thing I noticed that a lot of these uh, people have in common is drug abuse. Yeah, mm. about half of them. <laughs> but uh, obviously, that that worked out badly for a couple of them, and then. <laughs> Uh, which brings me to maybe we should discuss honorable mentions. Yeah, go for it. Because we're we're get, we're getting we're winding down. Uh, my first honorable mention is Bird. Speaking of drug abuse, that did not work <laughs> out too well, but it was a great movie. Uh, and then the second one is Rocket Man. Elton John definitely had his uh, drug issues, but he kind of lived to tell live to overcome it and uh those are my two what do you guys got brendan what do you got i'll jump in i want to give one honorable mention and then i'm going to do something a little different for us Uh my my one honorable mention is i'm not there which is the bob dylan pick which is i thought incredibly well done and very kind of avant-garde in the storytelling you had many right. actors portray different parts of dylan's career which seems only fitting including a, woman, a lot of it was right yeah Kate blanchett yeah. plays yeah. part of yeah. it and then christian bale plays the born again dylan it's very very well done and um yeah like very surreal at times but then the other thing that i wanted to do is start some honorable mentions of unsuccessful biopics and something you guys were talking about earlier brought that up like the the unnecessary dramatization idea and what comes to mind for me is the miles davis one with don Cheadle, the like the car chase thing like come on and like walk the line with joaquin phoenix doing johnny cash he's just like kind of an emo kid out of his time <laughs> like it just seems a very overly dramatized and yeah for me those just really fall short i haven't seen the miles davis one yet where is it do you have to rent it or what the, can well, you, if, you have, if anyone's ever looking for a movie or anything like that if you google search it it will show you all of your watch options and if they cost any money or not that's yeah that's cool. very useful thank you i'll just m- move on quickly to my honorable mention here and that's and um i'm sure everyone's kind of seen these from like the, the 90s uh or probably 90s ish when vh1 would have their like massive made for tv movies they had one with the temptations that was like they had a, they had a like a two hour one, but they also had a four hour long one. And maybe it was like two installments or whatever, but that I just, I don't even know if it was good, but I watched it end I watched, to end every time. I watched yeah, it. So good. I mean, it's basically like, it's like Otis. Well, yeah, it, it, it really feels very like, you know, you get the whole sense of the whole history, although it's like, it right. feels like it's like Otis Williams, my struggle, <laughs> or whatnot, you know, a little bit. It's just like, wow. And this is always like, you kept it together. Oh, you kept <laughs> yeah. it together. And you're just like, you're the only one alive. Ooh. So, of course, you're the one that kept right. it together. But exactly. it's like, they make David Ruffin like, you know, they throw him in an alley when he's dead. I mean, they, they really they, just, I mean, the Ruffin, I think the Ruffin estate like sued over it. But like, I mean, Otis Williams wow. claimed that they didn't like, he didn't have like total 
creative control. But man, I thought they little. I mean, very captivating. And on a quick aside on that, they had like a Beach Boys one that was very similar, but uh, I, I didn't quite get into that one as much. Um, it kind of like led up. I think it went up to like Dennis uh, uh, Wilson drowning. Yeah, I think I saw that like one. Nineteen eighty. Yeah. But but I think Love and Mercy kind of superseded that as far as my like you know one. But the Temptations one is always <laughs> above the cut for me. All four hours, I just I get I get sucked into it. I saw that. Yeah, Wait, with the Temptations. Anybody ever see? Oh, I'm sorry. I was say, with the Temptations one, it, it totally is like the struggle, the life and struggle of Otis Williams, and he is like yeah. the least talented of all of them dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh man, like that's part of. I guess that's part of the the thing. Is like, look, if you outlive all these dudes, you could tell any story you, you want, tell the, tale. the way right. you want it's your story. And you could be like, yeah, even if yeah. you're the least talented dude in the whole joint. You could be like, yeah, man, it was it was my idea. I, I made this happen. And uh point out Odom's Williams' voice on any Temptations track. You Just can't. You can't, right? You can't. No. Oh. But I can point out Melvin Franklin's voice. Oh yeah. Or <laughs> Eddie Kendricks or David Ruffin or, right. or Paul Williams. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or Dennis, or Dennis Edwards. Edwards, right. Um, yeah. Has anybody ever seen the five heartbeats? Yeah, that's good. That had oh. Leon in it too. Both Leon really was in both good. of them. Yeah. yeah, and cool run. Yep. Because <laughs> I always thought that that was kind of sideways a story of the temps. Yeah, I think it was. Deep di- it, it, in my understanding too. All right. What are your uh, honorable mentions? So I, I just have one have today. Um, and it's kind of a stretch, maybe, sort of, kind of. And it is. Uh, a story about a little family, uh, a lot of kids, um, and you know the the parents really wanted them to uh, you know do well in the music world. Jacksons? <laughs> no, that's a, well. There's another that's an excellent one. pick, you yeah. know, but it's not the Jacksons or, or New Edition for that matter. It is uh, the Von Trapp Von, Von Trapp family, and there's it, a little little film called The Sound of Music uh, that came out in 1965 and. Yeah. It just showed the struggle of a family and their musical identity and how they're finding themselves in the music. And uh yeah, that's uh, that's my pick for that's my uh honorable mention uh pick. Good one. Um, and and uh so going go, going along with that, um when we talked about films that um biopics that, you know, kind of were icky or whatever. I got to mention this pit, this this film, and it is uh, the Nina Simone um, biopic that came out not too long ago. I usually, I mean, I love Nina Simone, but I couldn't even stomach that one. Did you guys see that one at all? With um, was it Tandy Tandy Newton or something like that? No, I I like Freddie on on this one. I boycotted that one. Just I saw a trailer and and nothing about it appealed to me. I, yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah, oh. and uh, the documentary about her. Oh, the documentary is awesome. But, wonderful uh, but yeah. that film oh my god but before before we get i i have to get to um green book and say that um so i saw green book and when i first saw it i was like oh this is really fantastic and then i thought about it and i was like wait a second this is kind of problematic um did in what way so um so in thinking about this i i learned i researched it a little bit and i think the this film was made by that guy's son um or like he was a big part of it the the um the vigo mortensen's character's son yeah and that's right um 
that it just felt like it was just like it was like here's these white people and they they're just like they're learning they they're learning and growing and like yeah it was just like and then it, here's this guy who's like an artist and he's gay and it just has one scene where he's kind of you know he gets you know beat up and it, and then that was it and there was no exploration kind of beyond that and it was just like he was um thinking about it afterwards it felt like he was kind of a prop to the other guys like discovery um you know narrative that he's hey i don't have to be a mean guy anymore um and so like i'm a little conflicted because i'm when i saw it i i liked it but thinking back on it and um i'm like huh what should i do with that what should i do with these feelings it's kind of what i think about with that film um so does anybody else get that or i haven't seen it i, I need to I haven't seen I think it. it. I haven't seen him film. It's it's a great point, Aaron. And I think what the filmmakers were probably trying to do was show the transformation of characters, which is what you often want to show in a movie. But it totally kind of falls short because Viggo Mortensen's character goes through this giant transformation, and um, Don Shirley, and as he's portrayed, is sort of like. Oh, he just come becomes like a little more tolerant of like people that are kind of not his class of life. You know, like it just there wasn't a big shift there. Like he's he's kind of the same person more or less. So I agree with you. It's definitely problematic. And a lot of these movies, they get a little watered down because it's Hollywood. And sometimes the nuanced storytelling just isn't in the cards or they don't think people have the the time or 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 energy or emotional bandwidth to handle that type of real storytelling so that is that's an issue i kind of feel like i kind of feel like you could look at any of these movies and call them problematic in one way or another i mean i i think you're taking you're trying to you know in dramatizing uh the life of a musician or group of musicians or you know something involved with musicians like you can always find a way to poke holes in it. And, and and all of us are kind of the the music nerds that we are. I mean, and we read the books, we watch the documentaries. And and, and frankly, I would pick a doc, any documentary on these bands over any of these movies any day. I agree with you. And I think that's my big takeaway from biopics to be entertained, which is because it's a movie, but also to stimulate curiosity with the artists that they are portraying and to read about them and to watch factual events, interviews, documentaries, and things like that, listen to the records, most importantly, and really try to discover, make your own opinions about who you think they, they were as people. Oh, yeah. At least, it, it, if nothing else, it, you know, I, I don't really, I, I'm one of those types that's, you know, I'm reading, you know, my, my dense post-modern uh, literature and studying a hundred different albums and getting ready for podcasts and my record club. And uh, the one the one positive takeaway it was it's kind of nice to sit down and watch something that I didn't have to think about too hard. That was nice. Huh. You know, and and still like, you know, see music stuff. I do like music just a little. So that 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 was nice and <laughs> And so guys, I just want to talk to you uh or ask you um you know, there's a whole bunch of biopics out there from a whole bunch of different artists out there. But w- w- who do you want to see? Who's the next what's the next biopic you want to see? What artist, what um you know, record label. Um, Brandon, what do you think, man? Well, I remember hearing some 
rumors like Hollywood greenlight rumors that they were making a Jaco Pastorius biopic and Johnny Depp was tapped to play him. So I would be very interested to see that, but I don't know what audience there would be for that movie. Besides up. A lot of, a lot of base guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't know if that'll get you a a Hollywood green. That would be the open and select theaters movie. (laughs) (laughs) The rip. Which means like, yeah, yeah. Be like, Hey, we're going to put that out in one theater per city. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Adam? Oh God, I was just I was just like, you know, I'm trying to visualize my record collection. I don't I'm I'm wondering why isn't there a Stevie Wonder biopic? That seems like a one that is long long past. So and maybe even in, <laughs> eh, I guess yeah, there's that. But then the yeah, other he's, one he's probably done a lot of bad things that nobody knows about. Oh yeah. And that's uh, yeah, <laughs> this dramatized Stevie Wonder one with like all these crimes he's committing and stuff, yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> and who plays him? Man, that's gonna be a challenging cast. Yeah. Uh, sure. I think they're like Andre three thousand get a little older. Yeah, I'm I'm a little older in the teeth, guys. So I don't, I don't know if I can pull that one off. You missed your shot. Oh, how about Prince? Shouldn't there be a Prince one now? Yes. Uh for sure. Yeah, for sure. And now he has uh, passed, so now right. now there's just I imagine his estate might have a, a, you know, a few bugaboos for, uh, you know, the, the perception of Prince. He's very, gar- he was very guarded about his image, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, uh, Brett Freddy? What do you uh, think? You got anybody? Uh, Sinatra, maybe? I don't know. Has that already been done? Isn't that well, Ocean's like 11? A, no, the Rat Pack. <laughs> it was like a Rat Pack movie. It was like a Rat Pack well, movie. You know, like a biopic about, just about his life. I think it's probably already been done. There's been a lot of documentaries. Yeah. Uh, one one that I think that uh, it it might be problematic or whatever, especially how he died. But I always I just always have thought that um, what's that guy? Um, you don't have to call. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, the song down because I'm gonna be alright tonight. You know that guy? Um, Usher. That's his name. Usher. I always thought that Usher should play sam cook oh, okay oh. i thought you wanted an usher biopic i'm like oh no no, 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 no. <laughs> i'm just like I'm like oh my god oh sam a sam cook one with usher i thought usher, oh usher should play sam interesting cook. Yeah. i gotcha they are making a sam cook biopic and it's one of the guys from hamilton is playing him Boo. who looks very Boo. much looks the part no no that guy the black guy no way i think he's from philly my bad dude yeah oh yeah <laughs> Listen to the pod. <laughs> that guy sing, he's, Great, like, sings. He sings butt off. <laughs> he does. <laughs> well, come on the pod. Explain yourself, sir. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so, that's be... the angle is we're going to start insulting Philly people. Uh, come yeah. explain yourself on the pod. That's a great plan. <laughs> uh, anybody got anybody else that um, that you th- you know just think if you should be a a, a biopic of of an artist or something like that. I, I would love a Jeff Buckley Ooh. biopic. Ooh, that's that'll be good. How about Aretha? How about Aretha? Does she have a biopic? That's happening. I think. Well, there we go. That makes Asking sense. You shall receive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's that's pretty much it. Mariah for... Carey. Mariah Carey. Nah. I mean, no. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait. I do want to say it's not a biopic, but it's a television show. That Wu Tang. Television show? I've seen, yeah, I watched. Oh my god! I watched. Have you guys seen I, that? I, I didn't finish. I think I have to. I watched some of it. It is tremendous. Pretty good. Is it? I'm gonna have to watch. I definitely that. recommend good. it. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, 
Um, we so we gave you all our picks, you know. So for these winter cold months, when you're shut inside, um, you have a lot of things to check out now, and um, hope, hopefully we'll we'll revisit this topic at a later date. And uh, if you have any questions or comments about our picks or think we're dumb or smart or cute or whatever the case may be or ugly, uh, find us on Twitter. Um, hit us up. Uh, we may or may not return um, your your response, just depending on what you say. So um, thank you for listening to the list. <laughs> How about right we return every response, no matter what, no matter what. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. That's the CEO, Adam. Adam Zielinski, yeah. he said that. Well, I'll, I'll send you a message. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening to the list of Right Fiction Podcast. We'll be back again next week um, with uh, a great tune topic. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye.